waiting. Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Welcome in to Jayhawk Talk Radio. I am Kevin Meckley, and joined with me as always is my partner in crime, my Juan to this Kevin, my Dooley to this Townsy, my Carrie Meyer to this Todd. All right, I'm done. My co-host for 11 years of doing this show, Andrew Payne. You may know us from the Jayhawk Talk podcast, but we are so excited to be back on the radio, back in studio, and partnering with our friends at Sports Radio 810 WHB, who have, for some reason, Andrew, turned over the keys to us. Behind the glass tonight, we have our guy Dylan Michaels, who hopefully is going to keep the train on tracks as we dive into all things KU hoops and get you ready for hopefully another long, deep tournament run. Now, look, we're not new to this radio thing, but we are new to A10. So, Andrew, tell the folks, tell the people what they can expect from our show as they tune in each and every week. You know, Kevin, it is great to be here on A10. Uh, I just want to say there's a lot of things that we need to to get out to the folks. Some of you have been with us for a long time, and some of you may be new. But, you know, we are we're lawyers and, and businessmen in our day jobs, but... Jayhawk basketball is our favorite thing. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I want to let you know if this show's for you. And if you understand that quadrant wins and losses rules better than you understand tax brackets, this show is for you. Mm. If you know the ins and outs of Bill Self's employment contract better than you do your own employment (laughs) situation, this show is for you. And if a politician knocks on your door... And you ask them their position on the block charge rule. This show is for you, Kevin. Yes, sir. Look, so today, tonight, we're going to be talking uh, a bunch of stuff about KU Hoops. This is going to be a blast. We're going to be talking to the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Mr. Brian Haney, here shortly. And we're going to hit, Andrew, the one thing every championship needs and the thing this team might be starting to develop. We're also going to talk about if Bill Self needs to be on the Mount Rushmore of college hoops. In the second hour, we'll go through the postseason hopes for each Big 12 team, talk a little bracketology, rap a little bit about our guy Grady Dick, and much, much more. But first, Andrew, we got to talk about these Jayhawks. Kevin, it is six days to March, 13 days until the Big 12 tournament, Mm. 17 days until Selection Sunday, 19 days until the tip-off to the NCAA tournament, and it's time to ask the important question about this basketball team. Are we a good team, or are we a great team? And your beginning of the season, I probably would have started with good team. I kind of hoped we'd be a good team. But now you're starting to look at, man, these last couple weeks... Things are starting to get together. It's starting to gel a little bit. I judge great teams by the ability to win a lot of different ways, right? Even just the last two games, you've seen two very different ways to win a game. A great team can can bring energy uh, when they need it. A tight huddle on the road. And, and a great team has a, a short-term memory about bad plays and a long-term memory about motivation, uh, obviously, we saw a little bit of that TCU game. Mm-hmm. Thinking back to other great teams, I would have said coming out, I don't know about this one, Andrew, but great teams should also not be compared against other great teams from other years 
They need to be compared against their competition right now. And Angie, you look around college basketball. If we're using it on a, uh, for grading on a curve, this is a great team. I'm not taking anybody else. We're we're at the top of mm. the heap. There's there's a lot that this team can do that other teams can't do. We don't have the traditional post presence that other Big Twelve or other Bill Self Big Twelve teams have had in the past. But it doesn't matter. This team is completely new. This team is completely different, and they're getting it done on the the basketball court. Uh, a couple of things that I want to talk about at the beginning of the year and, and right now, and I think that these are the things that may be the difference between you know this being kind of a hangover year or a, a year to enjoy without the pressure on it because we won the national title last year. But this year, a couple of things have happened that I think have, have really turned, turned the dial up for this team, and that's, number one, Grady Dick is delivering on the hype. Yes, this sir. was a you know, highly touted Kansas kid, McDonald's All-American, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in Kansas, uh, and a lot of national accolades coming down there in Wichita. But it's not a flash in the pan. It's not a fizzle. It's, he did not disappoint at all, Kevin. He is the real deal. Absolutely. I mean, he, we, especially now what we know, what we know, we needed him. To be a scorer. Like, you look at this team and you go, where's the points coming from, Andrew? Where are the points coming from? And there are times when there are certain lineups on the court. We saw it in this last game without both Grady and Jalen out there. And you're going, where is the basketball? How is the basketball going to get in the hoop? They've somehow figured it out. But to your point, Grady has figured out to how to be the, the Robin to the Batman, which is something we needed uh, on this team. Last year we had Ochai and, and Christian, right? And you had a post presence. You had you had all the pieces. This year you didn't know. We knew Jalen was going to be good, but like how good? And what we've seen from Jalen, Andrew, for for going down the list here, is an All American. I mean, we we asked Jalen to come back and be Ochai. That that was the plan, right? Come back, do what Ochai did, lead the team. Maybe you you, you improve your draft stock. And all he's done is come back and be a freaking All American. When we were doing this show last year, we thought that the roadmap would be a little different. We thought the roadmap would be Christian Brown comes back right. and does the Ochai role. We didn't necessarily think to ourselves, well, Jalen Wilson will come back and fill that role exactly. Jalen Wilson did declare for the draft, had a great NBA draft camp, really worked himself up, worked himself uh, into playing some of those games later on, and showed himself out, ended up coming back to KU. And so you start to think maybe Jalen can do those same things that Ochai did and I just want to go over a couple things. Ochai, senior year last year, points per game. Now, mind you, this was a first-team All-American on a national championship team. He was the most outstanding player uh, in the in – the, <laughs> Debatable. In, debatable. <laughs> debatable. Right, debatable. <laughs> most outstanding player. respect on Dave's name. Right. But uh, he <laughs> was averaging 18.8 points last year and was, bar none, the leader of that basketball team. For sure. This season, Jalen – is averaging 19.7 on pace for a first-team All-American spot with a real case for National Player of the Year, a real case, which we should talk about later on, uh, and also, bar none, the leader of this basketball team. So he's filled into that role and then some. For sure. And you mentioned you mentioned we thought Christian Brown would come back, and what, what, we've, what we've sort of figured out here is, Andrew, the script is playing out very similarly. It's just that 
Grady Dick is being the Christian Brown. He's the one that's playing himself into the league much faster maybe than people thought. And so fast. Yeah. Too, too fast. fast. Too fast. Too fast. <laughs> Come on. He's gone from a Come on back. mock drafted borderline lottery pick to a pretty solid like lottery top pick 10. to top ten to the most recent one I saw was number six. That's so wild. Grady has done his done his work. Enjoy him while you can, Jayhawk fans. So, so back to the good team, great team. I mean, we're, we, we're piecing together the reasons potentially why this is a great team. But, Andrew, the, at the end of the day, to be a great team, you also need to tap in to the ceiling. You need to tap into your, like, um, the, the very top of your potential that you can bring. And this is a Bill Self thing. He's, he's always very good at this. But arguably, this might be his best at it that we've seen in his career in terms of having this team, you look up and down, you don't have top five guys everywhere. You don't have McDonald's all of them. You have some, but you don't have like maybe the, the talent that Duke has or that Kentucky has, at least as stars next to their names coming in. He has figured out a way to make this team play every role the right way and, and, and hit, starting to hit some ceiling expectations. And that includes even some of these guys we weren't sure about early on, like, Ernest Uday, uh, and, and guys coming off the bench and playing some serious minutes, seeing Kevin McCuller develop and seeing freaking Juan turn into a maybe a little offensive threat, uh, little things like that that he's able to kind of push the buttons. He realizes faster than everybody else and plays the long game about where they need to go, how they need to get there, and the time, most importantly, the time at which they need to be hitting the ceiling. And Andrew, they're starting to hit the ceiling right now. I'm not sure how much ceiling they have. He said it today in his interview in his in his, uh, in his, uh, his Big 12 deal. He said, "I hope we haven't hit the ceiling. I hope we haven't." But you know, they got to be pretty darn close. You know, there's a couple spots you could look to that this team could take the next step. I think Ernest is one of those. Uh, KJ continuing to do what what he does. You know, KJ Adams was a guy at the beginning of the year who. We were kind of shocked that he was going to be a starter. We didn't really know who else was going to fit in that, that starting role, but KJ you know, takes it at the beginning of the year. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure that was a permanent position for him. I thought it was more of a Bill Self. Yeah. He earned it, right? He's we said all along we needed Ernest to be the guy to hit ceiling. Turns out they can both kind of be the guy. Well, and it was only KJ for a while, and now they, they really both can. So I anticipate them some splitting those minutes. But, you know, if Bill Self was stubborn – and wanted to play the way he's always played, and he only had KJ Adams. He would plug him in down low, and he would <laughs> post him up, and he would. It wouldn't work out. <laughs> it would but not. He's work. adjusted to what KJ can do, and KJ is leading the Big Twelve in field goal percentage because it's all short shots and dunks. Which hey, make he's it easy. Developed a little, a little tiny little inside the free throw jumper. He's got a little floater but thing. But it's close. Going. I mean, You're he's right. taking right. high percentage shots. Make it. He makes it easy on the offense to score points. He's and even that's, making free throws. He's hey, that's come come around, come around that? a little bit. Uh, but you know, the other thing I want to just get to is that this team has had some ability to take big punches and come back stronger. We've had some big losses, Kevin. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it, it, we had a couple that weren't so pretty early on. I don't know if you look around now and you look at this team and you go, this team in the in the makeup that it has, are they capable of losing by twenty three points again to somebody? Like it's just kind of one of those things, like. Maybe they just kind of figured it out, got it out of their system, whatever it is. And that's, uh, that's exciting. All right, Andrew, coming up after the break, we got our guy Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. He's going to tell us 
what Bill Self has done to turn this team from a good team to a great team. We'll catch you up after the break. Sports Radio 810 WHB. show dating back a decade ago and frequent guest ever since who better to join us on our first show at 810 friend of the program and friend of me since man jeff boshi and lester earl were roaming the court brian and of course the the voice of the jayhawks mr brian haney brian thanks for joining us how you doing tonight hey kevin hey andrew thanks for having me congratulations on the show on sports radio 810 whb they've been tremendous partners for us the last six years on the Jayhawk Network, and to hear they're beefing up their local content with more Crimson and Blue Talk, that's music to my ears. So thrilled for you guys, and, and couldn't miss this first show as you make the move to A-10. All right, Brian. Uh, in our first segment, we talked about this Jayhawk team and how they've come a long way. We had the discussion, are they a good team or are they a great team? I think you would agree with me that they're a different team than they were in November. But what have you seen over these past couple months that's made this team maybe great? Yeah, well, you know, their resume is great. 14 quad one wins, four more than anybody else. Clearly has this resume looking as impressive as any. The number one strength of schedule in the country, a chance to possibly win the Big 12 outright in the year in which the conference has truly been at its very, very best. Uh, it's it's definitely looking like a great resume, but to be a great team, you got to back it up in March. And I think what we saw from Saturday to Monday told the head coach that maybe this can be a great team in March Madness as well. I, for one, loved the second half versus Baylor and thought, man, this this was a historic comeback. And when you add in the fact that ESPN College Game Day was in the house, half your national title rotation was there watching from behind the bench. And then you, you go from down 17 to winning by 16. I mean, to me, that was a top five Bill Self era home game type comeback. And yet the coach told us on Huck Talk on Tuesday, man, Brian, you must have liked that one. But for my money, I preferred Monday. And the reason why he preferred Monday was he's been clamoring for weeks, maybe six weeks, to see his team play with such an intensity competitively on defense that it makes the opposition look bad. Come out with your hair on fire, lock them up. Let's play in such a style that we make them look bad. And to hold TCU to 30% shooting in their own house in a huge game for the Frogs on a short turnaround, short prep, that showed the head coach that, hey, we can win ugly if we have to. We can win big games in adverse circumstances you know, on, on the, the back end of a quick 48-hour turnaround like you have to in March. As he pointed out, if you're going to win six in a row in, in the toughest postseason format of any American sport, the, the one-and-done nature of NCAA March Madness, you've got to find ways to win ugly on occasion and just grind one out by simply wanting it more, being tough physical defensively, and, and drawing that line in the sand and saying you're not going to cross it. Even if our best scorer can't throw it in the ocean today, we're going to make sure your best scorer can't either. And that's what we saw on Monday. And so as much as I was, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over that Saturday game and thought, man, 
after the uh, triple overtime game with Oklahoma and the Mizzou game in 2012 and the West Virginia game in 2017, I'd maybe put the, the Baylor comeback somewhere in the top five of Bill Self's home court victories. He said, nah, Brian, Monday was much more impressive. And I thought, wow, okay, that makes sense because it's, it's his basketball DNA that, that preaches toughness and, and defensive-mindedness and all that that was on display Monday. And then what he mentioned about this is how you have to win in the big dance, I think that was a telltale sign to the first ballot Hall of Famer that this team might have what it takes to truly be a great team. So Jalen has obviously been terrific. I mean, looking like a first-team All-American Maybe Big 12 Player of the Year, should be Big 12 Player of the Year, and maybe even the conversation for, for Naismith. But I would ask you this question. To, to become a great team, as, as we, I think we're starting to believe they might be, uh, what has been the maybe the catalyst? Do you, do you see one player kind of turning it on, figuring something out? You could go a lot of different angles here, but is there one, maybe two things you could point to that, that really has driven that? Well, I, th- I think it's been a multitude of players stepping up and becoming more assertive offensively and taking some of that scoring load off of Jalen. And it coincided with the team having a players meeting on the heels of the loss in Ames where they all gathered together before Texas and said, guys, we got to bring the energy stronger than we have been ever before if we're going to come out here and, and, and be all that we can be. And, you know, it sounds cliche to talk about bringing energy or intensity and you you probably wonder why can't you do that every night well for whatever reason you know they were kind of sitting back and and deferring to jay will and sometimes you know in the midst of his historic stretch of all the points he scored in that five game window which was the most by any jayhawk in in a uh, you know going back to 1996-1997 five gamer i think some of the guys thought well we'll just ride his coattails and we'll be okay and then you go to Ames, he scores 26, the team only scores 53. The entire rest of the starting lineup combined for 18. And we looked like a club that would get bounced in the first weekend. In fact, we were, we were driving home from Ames, Greg Gurley, myself, and Steve Kincaid, and we're passing through Des Moines, which is where the Jayhawks will likely go for the first and second rounds. And we, we just got thumped by ISU, and we all kind of said, man, I hope we're not making this drive coming back to Lawrence from Des Moines in a month with our season over and our tails between our legs. But what we saw on the heels of that when they had their players meeting and decided to bring the intensity, we also saw a more aggressive, offensive-minded effort and initiative from everybody else on the floor. You remember the very next game, Wilson goes for two points and the rest of the team goes for 86. And I think we've seen a more consistent Grady Dick. If you go back and look at his game logs, from, uh, from January and, and early February, he'd have one really big game and then two quieter games. And he would kind of fade to the sideline and, and, and let Jay Will be the guy. We've seen, obviously, a much, much better Dewan Harris ever since the three-game spell started with the face plant he had in, in Manhattan. And he didn't quite look like himself for three games there. He's not only looked like himself again on both ends, but uh, you know, clearly has been attacking more. And I love the stat that you know, we're 20-0 in his career when he scores in double figures. And if that stat doesn't convince the guy to be more aggressive offensively, I don't know what will. Ernest has become a force. Whoever came up with Diet Doke, I love that name. <laughs> and how about this? I don't know if you guys realize this. I'm sure you do. He's 20 for his last 20. Uh, if you go all the way back to Seton Hall. And KU hasn't really publicized that stat a ton because, you know, there was a 
three-week stretch there where he didn't play at all. And then a lot of these are just you know, one-for-ones and two-for-twos. It's not like he's getting up five shots a game. But he's hit his last 20 shots. He's been much better. K.J. returned to the form that we saw in December and early January. And then Kevin McCullough, who clearly was struggling with his confidence offensively, he's kind of gotten his groove back as well on top of being a guy that you know, Bill Self just compared to Marcus Garrett in terms of defensive IQ. I thought his two blocks and a tie-up inside of 30 seconds to go in Fort Worth was the defensive play of the year for Kansas, and Bill Self actually agrees. So energy was the number one thing, but then just everybody else pulling a little bit harder on that rope and not letting this be the Jay Will and Friends show, but rather Kansas basketball featuring Jay Will and some of these guys. Because that, that team that was, you know, bite the head off the snake and, and you're done, they, they were destined for an early exit. This club, with its versatility and a much more dynamic team to scout for, this, this version of Kansas could absolutely go to Houston. Brian, I had a question for you, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack and go to some of what you said. There was a players-only meeting after Iowa State. There's hmm. been a lot of players-only meetings hmm. in Jayhawk lore. Where did this meeting take place? Did it take place at Henry T's? Yeah, it's funny. I figured you were going to ask that. that <laughs> That's what we want to know. I, this I is the hard-hitting stuff. No waffle fries at Henry T's there, and I don't know if they're one of your sponsors, so we won't go too far on that. But <laughs> I think it was right there in, in the Kansas basketball locker room. Okay. It, it, was, it was a situation where when they got home, you know, self-kept him for an hour on the heels of, of flying home from Ames, and, and he – uh, I don't want to say laid into him, but but you know ran through everything that, that needed to change, what had gone wrong that day. Then the players huddled up themselves. And Bobby Federford was actually telling me about that today and how the word that everybody kept resonating, you know, more and more was more energy, more energy. Uh, don't don't just lethargically go through the motions and let one guy do it all. And so to see what's come out of that with five straight wins and big boy wins against. Texas and Baylor and on the road, you know, in, in Stillwater, Norman, and, and, and Fort Worth. I mean, that's really impressive stuff. It clearly has Kansas, in my mind, with as impressive of a resume as, as any team in the country right now. And so you know, if you close this out and win the Big 12 outright, I think you, the committee would be hard-pressed not to make Kansas the one-of-ones. I know that's far from where they, they played in them a week ago when they were the fourth one seed, but – if you win college basketball's greatest conference outright in a year where it's this good and it could produce eight or nine tournament teams, uh, that to me absolutely is a one seed. Especially, and I'm, I'm talking about the one of one seeds. Especially when you look at what else we did outside of the conference too. So that resume is indeed great. To go back to that word you used earlier. Now let's see if this team can be remembered in the same breath. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. And uh, I think you've been on our show maybe a dozen times now. The the gold watch is in the mail. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> you kind of like uh, hosting Saturday Night Live, right? The people that do it five times, yeah, get a special gift or whatever. So yeah, the gold watch that, is in the mail. Especially, uh, <laughs> especially with Kelsey getting set to host Saturday Night Live, I'll, I'll never be on that stage. But hey, if I can come on the Jayhawk Talk Radio for. 12 straight times, man, I'll take that. That's right. That's exactly right. You nailed that. All right. I appreciate you, Brian, so much. Have a great call uh, on Saturday and this week, and, and hopefully we can close out with a couple more victories. Appreciate you very much. That was great, guys. Appreciate you, too. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk. All right. Always great to have the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, on the show. But, Andrew, I, I, we both looked at each other immediately when he said, 
players-only meeting. I think we're breaking some news here. I feel like we are. Is this? Do people know about this? <laughs> I, don't, this is, I have not seen it ever. I, I'm for, a purveyor of all things KU basketball, especially content like that. I've not heard anything about this. Well, they must keep a lid on that. This is, this is important news. We need to unpack The this. rest of the show. Unpack it. But uh, <laughs> after the break, we are going to talk about the one thing that all championship contenders need going into March. Coming up next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Revis Island, it's been Harris Island tonight. And why not? And on Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB, we just heard Brian Haney say... We have a great resume, Andrew, but real great teams are made in March. What's the trope you always hear about what it takes to win in March? Now they always say, you know, guard play. Guard play. Guard play. That's incorrect, Andrew. The thing that you need to win in March, and I, I will hang my hat on this every single time, it's swagger. Swagger. You got to have swag. You, to win, to go deep, to take it all the way, you got to believe in your heart of hearts not only that you're better than them, but you're better than them. And Andrew, out of nowhere, it feels like this is what's been fun about this team. Out of nowhere, this team is starting to develop swagger. And let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We saw that TCU game. This was this is where I mean we started to see examples over and over again, but the TCU game is where it really hit for me. At the end of the game, seconds are ticking off. We are we are one hundred percent winning this game. They're throwing the ball in. They try to go deep for no good reason. And they throw the ball like all the way across the court. Most people at this point are going to the, to the, the, the handshake line and going to do their handshakes, right? N- not Dewan Harris. No. More important things to do. He, he was ball hawking the whole time. He was watching the ball. He watched it go over his head. He watched it go all the way down the court. And then on a dead sprint, he takes off after this ball. And, and, you know, I didn't really notice it live. You, had to, you watched it afterwards. But why was he doing this? Well, he was going to get the game ball and steal it. <laughs> Take it. Take the game ball away from TCU. And why? Because apparently, and I didn't really realize this, Eddie Lampkin from TCU stole the game ball from us after their victory in Allen Fieldhouse. And Dewan Harris is having none of that. The team took it personally. Yeah. So it, it's like this team is inventing this motivation, this mm. outside mo- motivation, bulletin board material. Eddie Lampkin Instagram, they have our ball. We have to get it That's back. not acceptable. Not <laughs> acceptable because this game could have been a trap game. We just had this big emotional win against Baylor over the weekend. You know, down 17, come back and win by 16. Quick, quick turnaround. Yeah. Got to go to Fort Worth, play the Horn Frogs. This could have been, you know, they didn't, they weren't up for it, didn't have the motivation for it, they were tired. This team, this team was ready. They were ready. This team had swagger. This team needed to win this game for one reason and one reason only, <laughs> and that's so they could steal the game. They ball. wanted the game ball. Not only that, Andrew, of course, they, this happens against KU all the time. They do a giveaway when KU's in town, and this time they did the t shirts, right? They had the, what was it? Uh, 
Was funky it Town. Funky Town. Yeah, Funky. I don't. It's the name of their yeah, student yeah, section. Yeah, blah blah blah. Whatever. Whatever. Fine. And then, yeah, sure. And so they had these T-shirts everywhere. People were wearing them, and somehow. Everyone on our team somehow steals one, and like Grady Dick is doing his post game interviews wearing the Funky Town t shirt with a W, a Sharpie <laughs> W that he has drawn on it. Like, that's the kind of stuff I've been waiting for. Like, this is the thing. Uh, ceiling basketball is one thing. You can play ceiling basketball. You ain't going to win a championship unless you got a little swagger. And all of a sudden, we're starting to see that from these boys. And that, that's what gets me excited, man. Last year. This team had swagger in spades, and that all came from one person and one person really only. Yeah, pretty much. And that was Christian Brown. Pretty much Christian Brown. Christian Brown had enough swagger to go around for the whole team. Yeah. We have a swagger deficit. I think you had <laughs> you have a little bit of earnest because he can dance and he he's can dance. funny. Yeah, he's, he's funny yeah, and he's he funny can guy. dance, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. He hasn't got a whole lot of playing time. Not a lot of opportunity to expel that swagger yeah, yeah. has to come from somewhere else. Like, and we can't dunk the ball, so you can't, like, actually, because <laughs> no one on our team dunks the ball. Except for Ernest. Except for Ernest, KJ, and, and KJ. But that's it. So you can't, like, go do 360 dunks, and it's, uh, they can't get the swagger from that. So you got to create it other ways, and, and man. I mean, I feel sorry for TCU for stealing that game ball. That's the that was a mistake. All-time backfire. That was a huge I mistake. I mean, great win for them in the outfield house. You don't, you don't see that too often. They wanted to celebrate, but they made a tiny, tiny mistake. Don't do that again. You don't do that. And, and, you know, we saw this element. This is a team that's, you know, it was a heist film, right? This was a <laughs> film where it's like Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> but the, the whole scheme and the whole heist is actually winning the basketball game. That's it, yeah. And then... Them sitting in the locker room and on the bus with the ball is like the end of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> they're standing outside, outside the Bellagio. Yeah, the fountain. It's like a perfect ending. <laughs> uh, so let's just do that for every team we play. Except it's this time it's Grady Dick wearing a WT shirt, looking pretty smug into the into the uh, into yeah. the camera. So like. You could okay. say that maybe this is going over the edge. I don't think so. Not at all. I think it's just they enough. started it. They started it. They started it. They started it. And maybe other players need to kind of get involved here. We, we were talking about leveling up. Mm. We got to level up, you know, your play offensively, defensively, but maybe your internal motivation as well. So a couple things we were, th- we're talking about. You have a couple ideas, uh, but Grady Dick, maybe Grady Dick needs to wear even pinker shoes. Yeah, hot pink shoes. Hot pink shoes. Yeah. We're talking almost fuchsia. Yeah, really, really, because he wears pink shoes anyway. Like, that's a little swagger move. And so when he showed up with pink shoes, I kind of was like, all right. Yeah, he's yeah. got it. All he's, right. He's confident <laughs> enough to wear pink shoes. To wear shoes. pink shoes. I kind of was like, yeah, It's okay. a statement. Okay. But, like, now he's proven it. Now you can just go all out. Go pink, pink, pink shoes. He also needs a tattoo. Like a full arm sleeve. <laughs> like, just all the way down, arm sleeve. I don't care what it is. Just It, it needs to be something. You know, there was some rumor going around Twitter today. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to delve into the, the rumor mongering that happens on Twitter that, <laughs> that Dwan Harris uh, had gone full Cisco or Jeremy Shohan with, with uh, bright, uh, you know, uh, blonde hair, bleached hair. Not true. Fake news. Not true. <laughs> it, was fake news. It, was, it, was a, it was an illusion with the photo. It was not. Uh, but that got us to thinking. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Bill Self would never let him do that. But I don't know may- about that. Maybe. Maybe he should. Maybe if there's he should. one guy on this team that Bill Self would let do something like that, it's it, it's Juan. Get crimson and blue hair. 
They'll go all the way. I, I think it's. I mean, he would be noticed. He hasn't been noticed. He doesn't get on these uh, koozie watch lists. He doesn't get up for these awards when he's obviously the best point guard in the country. Maybe he's just got to dye his hair to get noticed. That's what it takes That's to, what to it takes. cry for attention, and he needs. It that. probably, th- if you think about it, if he sh- if he had that shtick, he probably would be on the list. It's I'm dead serious because people know his name. It's a marketing deal. It's, it's a marketing mar- deal. All right, look, let I, him do it. Let him do it, Bill. I got I got two more. We need Kevin McCuller to stop blocking the ball. To himself, like a really smart defensive player does, because he's the smartest defensive player on the planet, uh, and start blocking the ball into the nineteenth row. That, like, that's a little swagger move. Like, if you block it to yourself and you do an outlet pass, smart basketball move. Not a smart swagger move. We got to like <laughs> once in a while, especially when we're up, block that thing into oblivion. And we're gonna have the crowd with us. I mean, we're going to have two games at home coming up, go to Texas, but then we're going to have a Kansas City crowd, a KU crowd at the Sprint Center, at the T-Mobile Center, excuse yeah, me. Right. Still still getting used to it. And then we're going to have big crowds going into the NCAA tournament. Give them what they want. Yeah. Use the crowd as the sixth man. We're going to get loud if you block it into the second row. Yeah. The seventh row, even better. So take an opportunity, get the crowd involved. It's like they say a dunk is worth more than two points because it gets the crowd going in your sure. favor, gets the other team a little scared. A block will do that too. Kevin, don't make the smart play. <laughs> That's all we're asking. Don't make <laughs> the smart play. Hard. I got one more, and this one may be the most important. We need... Jalen to dunk the damn ball just one time jump a little higher reach the arms a little further and dunk the ball some for some reason he doesn't dunk the ball I want him to come out of nowhere on a fast break throw the ball off the backboard and dunk the ball it's actually easier to do an alley-oop like it like I could never dunk but like you rose it to nine to nine feet I could throw it up as easier because I couldn't grip a basketball. Like that, that's what, if he needs to do that, no problem. I think he's capable of that. Throw it off the backboard one time. Give us a dunk, Jalen. That is your level up. I, this needs to happen. If Jalen Wilson is going to win National Player of the Year, he's got to dunk at least one time. That's it. You can't uh, win without it. In this last game, he missed two early buckets, early layups that should have been dunks. Dunk it. Should have been dunks, and More that would have put, put us up. And I think it gets himself going, too. Because if he misses those first couple layups, he kind of gets a little moody. But wait, but wait. What if he misses a dunk? Mm, <laughs> Got to work on that. <laughs> that would be bad. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having KJ teach him how to dunk. If only. Yeah, he's got he's got KJ right there. Just KJ, give him a little instruction. We have some stats on this. We have some data. The data is out there. He has three dunks in his KU career. So he's capable. He's capable he of doing do it. it. One of those dunks was probably not a dunk. We went back and did the research. We went back and looked. One of the dunks was probably not real. Two of them were real, though. Okay. Two of them were real. He's got to do it. If you want to win player of the year, Jalen, you've got to have at least one dunk. Just bring us one dunk. Andrew, I will say this. We talk about swag, but one thing I think you could say about this team is they're also starting to develop something that actually is important other than swagger, which is an identity. Something that you can bring every single night Every single game, even early in the 12 o'clock window games. And they hadn't had it for a long time. We've been talking about this all year. What's the identity? What's the identity? You know, I think the one thing that we're starting to see is Juan and Kevin playing attack dogs. Go after their best players. Juan and Kevin, you go be that, and hopefully everyone comes along. And that is an identity, even though it's kind of weird. That's the identity. I think it's working. I'm not changing anything. Those two need to be aggressive, and that's starting to bring everyone along. 
And, you know, before we were switching everything. We were switching five. I think we were getting a little too cute. I think we we're thinking we're a little bit better than we were on specific things. I think we got to focus on what we are, and that is, uh, you know, being these two elite, elite defensive players. In, in Let him be elite. Let him be elite. And offensively, it's paint points. It's getting those easy buckets that's happened after the Iowa State game. That's really been the, the calling for, for uh, offensively. So uh, we want to get to a lot of things, but in Kansas City here, we just celebrated a Super Bowl in this yeah. town. Uh, is having parades. We're having all this stuff. Uh, so after the break, we'll answer the question: Who is the Patrick Mahomes of this Jayhawk basketball team? Next on Sports Radio A10 WHB. Scouting report is, don't let him shoot an open three. Welcome back in to Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Look, Andrew, this town just had a Super Bowl parade. Pat Mahomes, NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP. We've all come to the conclusion, Andrew, at least I have, that Pat Mahomes may be the best to ever do it. He's on the list, at least, right? We can start to have that conversation it kind of got me wondering a little bit, does does this Jayhawk program have a guy like that? Who would be the Patrick Mahomes of this team? And I know I think I figured out the answer. Andrew, it's Bill Self. Mm, yeah. It's Bill Self. It's Bill Self. Here's why. All right, here's my take. You have a window right now as a Chiefs fan. A window that, especially if you're a longtime Chiefs fan, has just opened kind of recently. And now you feel like we got to go win Super Bowls. We have Andy Reid. We have Pat Mahomes. We've got Brett Veach. We've got the whole thing kind of cooking right now. You, during this time, Pat Mahomes does not come along but once in a generation. Take the opportunity when you have him to go win a Super Bowl. You must do that. Well, Andrew, I think Bill Self is putting himself in the conversation to be the same exact thing. Bill Self is doing things that have never been done before. And I think, you know, I don't think people necessarily, you know, take it for granted. But now as he gets a little older and you start looking, hey, he may not be around forever here. We got a window that's open right now where we have the best coach in college basketball and one of the top four, five, six, seven, you can start to make arguments ever. And when you have that, you better win some championships while you got him. That's the thing that I'm, I'm – that is our why he is our Pat Mahomes right now. And look, he's already a Hall of Famer. Just like Pat Mahomes, if he retired tomorrow, would already be a Hall of Famer. So is Bill Self. I think there's an argument. We're starting to get to a point in his career where he's on the Mount Rushmore. And we're going to talk more about that later, but I'm just saying it. Well, let's let's keep with the Patrick Mahomes analogy. Tom Brady, gone. Yeah. Coach K, gone. Yeah. Roy Williams, gone. Drew Brees, gone. <laughs> Who's left? In terms of the elite coaches, that if you're a smart player, a player that would play for Bill Self, you're not going to have many options. You're going to go play for Bill Self. He's he's the one guy left. Now there'll be some other folks who sure. come along, but it's him. It's it, he's Apex Mountain. He's top, top, top. He is the guy, 
And you're right. If you want, if you have a window, a window for premier excellence, doing it over and over again. You know, these are the good old days. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's never going to be this good. I mean, we've had some some years with you know we had fourteen straight conference titles. Kevin, that will never happen again. Never, never happen again. Especially with conferences, you know, uh, coming together. There's there are fewer and fewer. There's more competition. There's more games. It's never going to happen again. Bill Self is two hundred and five and two when uh, allowing under sixty points. And there's 148 home-and-home games in the Big 12. So we used to have that schedule where you just do one, but then there's been a lot right. where you do home-and-home. Home. He's only lost two – only had two sweeps. Two out of 148. These are bonkers numbers. Bonkers. And, you know, in the biggest games, Big Monday, ESPN, 23-4 and four in the last 27, undefeated at home. These are things that don't happen. Now, I want to talk a little bit about – kind of accolades. I don't think the Bills of really cares about awards or anything like that. He's won the National Coach of the Year, at least in some of the uh, some of the things, I mean, in 2009 and then a couple more in 2012. He's won those things. He puts those trophies on his desk when he does those fun pictures <laughs> at the beginning of the year to show everything that he's won. Sure. But I don't think he really cares about that. But this is a year, and especially after the Baylor win, when the national media has kind of caught back up yep. with what is going on here at Kansas. It's easy to overlook because it always happens. But you saw a tweet from John Rothstein come out this weekend where Bill Selfs put himself in the driver's seat for National Player of the mm. Year. He probably doesn't care. Doesn't care because that's kind of a crapshoot with the way that ends up. But I couldn't disagree. Like, that, that is the way it's going to – I mean, he's put himself in the position with, you know, probably Jerome Tang, uh, probably not Nate Oates anymore, probably not going to get any sympathy from Ew. the voters. Uh, but there's a handful of coaches out there, and he's probably got the best case. In terms of Big 12, Jerome Tang's probably going to win it. But Bill Self may win National Coach of the Year. That's all you heard in the Big 12 early on is – Jerome Tang, Jerome Tang, Jerome Tang, Jerome Tang. And look, he's done great. The expectations game, picked last. I mean, you gotta, it, you have to respect what he's done. All accurate. All those things can be true. But it comes down to this. Who is the best button pusher? Who's the best guy who's figured out how to bring the best out of his entire team and proven it, not just this year, but over the course of an extremely long and decorated career, Right now, Andrew, you, as you mentioned it, these are the good times. We will never – it is possible we will never see another Bill Self at this program, at Kansas. Like, Kansas has been lucky having the long, tenured coaches that we've had. We may never see something like that again. Like, we have been overly lucky. All I'm saying is, he's our Pat Mahomes. The window is wide open right now, and there is no reason, no reason why we should not go in some more rings. Hang a few more banners before we get out of here, don't you think? I think there's a lot of things going for him. The transfer portal, I think, is going to kind of smooth things out a little bit. I think a lot of players who are maybe at some, some different programs, maybe lower programs, are going to want to come to KU. There's going to be some opportunities for some, some quick rebuilds. So there's everything's in the cards, Kevin. It just depends on how long Bill Self wants to stay. I think that there is... Uh, if you were setting the over-under for Bill Self and trying to figure out how long this window is open, uh, 
I talked to someone who's you know pretty close to Bill, and you know you, you hear these things and you don't know how what's what's real and what's not. But I set the over under five years, and he said I think that's the number. And if that's true, I mean you're looking right now at recruiting classes that he's recruiting right now that will be part of this window being open. Like this next five years could be really important for Kansas. Uh, you may never have, you know, five more important years if that's true. Now, who, who knows? He's a competitive guy. He counterpoint, might, right. Yeah, the counterpoint it, to that is that there's no more competitive individual in college sports or maybe in sports in generally than, than Bill Self. And I think that once he starts to see where his name is next to some of those high numbers, he may he may want to go number chasing. And he definitely could. Yeah, he but could, he gets he another could ring. get there. No, if, if he gets to where he is, like if he can get that that number – it's going to be hard for anyone ever to get that number again. That's fair. But if that number includes another ring and you got three now, you're in a very, very, very uh, small group of coaches to do it. And he's got the rest of it to back up. He's got the, some of the best regular season successes of all time. Uh, that His knock was always can't win the big one. You can get to the Final Four. You can get to Elite Eights. But you start to rack up a few more rings, man. I think he hangs it up. I wouldn't be mad at him if he hung it up. KU fans would be obviously thrilled with the career. And hopefully we find the next guy. But uh, all I know is this. Right now, and I don't want to go any deeper with that because we don't want to talk about negative stuff. We don't want to talk about Bill Self leaving. Yeah, but- you're not breaking any news here. You are completely just making this up whole clock. Absolutely. As, as opposed to before, with this players-only meeting, we may be breaking news. We might have been breaking Kevin's, news. There. Kevin's just kind of going off. No, there. but what I'm saying is, it, the, undisputedly, the window is open right now until he he ends his career. I, I, I personally think right now you will never see a better coach at Kansas for a long, long, long time. He's the best to ever do it. He's one of the best to ever do it ever. So he's obviously one of the best to do it ever at Kansas. We've had some good ones. And that's a... Man, you got that in your you got that in your house. You got to go figure out a way to win some more rings. Yeah, and you you talk about like what he's good at. I mean, is he the best at drawing up a play? Yes. Yeah. Is he the best at <laughs> recruiting? Uh-huh. Maybe not better Pretty than Calipari, good. but but yes. Hey, is he's he... good at recruiting his guys. There's an art to that. And he's the best at getting his guys. He's the best at drawing up those plays. And I think more importantly, more importantly than anything is that he may be the best at pushing those buttons, as yeah. you said, and getting a guy like K.J. Adams, who didn't play much last year, to being a breakout star for this team this year. It's guys like K.J. Adams that win national titles. Because you can you can go get good guys. But if you can turn people like K.J. Adams into contributors, into you know breakout superstars, think about K.J. next year. Or Dewan Harris, he's going to be around for a couple years. He'll be years. around a while. It's guys like that that he does the best with. Yeah. You're right. I heard, you know, he was on uh, on Hawk Talk with Haney, I think it was yesterday, and he said something about KJ, or sorry, something about Kevin, excuse me. He said, you know, you don't need five Kevins to be good, but you need one. You don't need five Wands to be good, but you need one. You don't need five Jalens, but you need one. And the point was, he has figured out how to craft a team around what he's got, and he is better at that than anyone in college basketball right now. There are teams that are losing games. Look at Kentucky. Look at Duke. They don't know how to figure out how to put their teams together. Bill Self has been able to, especially in his, later in his career, to figure out how to make it work and, and craft offense, craft defense around that. He's the best in the biz, man. Well, it's uh, 
It's a good, another good year. We're the tops in the Big 12. We're tied with Texas. Three games left. We have a big uh, another hour coming up for you here on Jayhawk Talk Radio. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about all 10 teams in the Big 12. This is a gauntlet of a conference. And we're going to ask the question, can all 10 teams mm. make the NCAA tournament? Maybe. And we'll power rank this super-powered conference next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, I thought Harris down the stretch did an excellent job. He should be on the final Uzi Award list if anybody's listening, right? He's not going to wow you with stats. He just wins. What does that mean, I guess? Jayhawk Talk Radio. I'm Kevin. Andrew here. Got Dylan behind the glass. In the first hour, we talked about all things... KU. But Andrew, now it's time to talk a little Big 12. And man, it's a gauntlet. Every team is somehow good this year. Every team is somehow good. Like, not not even like an average team somewhere. They're all good. And the, the worst team beat this number one overall seed, <laughs> Alabama, by a lot. Allegedly. Thumped them. The West, the worst team in this, in this conference. And so, you know, in this Big 12. We are in the heat of the battle, so Kevin. We've got three games left. Then we've got the Big 12 tournament. Like, there is no time to, to put to put our guard down. But it's kind of like when we go into March, we start talking up our competition a little bit. Start talking up the teams we beat. Uh, you know, and maybe rooting for them in the tournament here or there. But here we're going to talk about every one of these teams. We're going to power rank them from 10 to 1 with the question being asked on each team. What is the postseason ceiling on each team. So we're going to start with number 10 here. I think it's a consensus 10, and that's Oklahoma, who we yep. just talked about, right? And I, I, somebody's got to be 10, and they're, they're 10 because of their record. Their record's just not very good. But this team's still good, Kevin. This team's still good. Uh, I, I put down, and I, I think that this is, is what it is in terms of their ceiling for the postseason, considering a couple things. They're 13 and 15. They need to have at least a 500 record to make it into the NIT. They probably need to win the Big 12 tournament. Not out of the question. No. Uh, to make it into into the NCAA tournament. But I think the ceiling is they could make a run in the Big 12 tournament and maybe sneak into the NIT. It's the only way. And that's right. It's the only way. And, you know, they need to win a couple games to get into any postseason, as it turns out, right? So I, I think that... It's. It would not surprise anybody, you, me, anybody, if Oklahoma wins that first game, and then you know they're matched up against teams they know. Obviously, they've they've had wins. They beat Texas Tech. They beat West Virginia. They beat K State, and they've had close games against almost everybody. Like wh- at least one of the two games they played has been close, not just single digits close, but close. Well, think about it this way: if they're the ten seed, they're playing the seven. They'll beat. Let's say they beat the seven. They'll play the two. Maybe that's Texas. They just took Texas to overtime yeah. at Texas. Maybe a little rematch game. They could win that game. Put them in the semifinal. 
a team that makes the semifinal in the Big 12 conference, in the Big 12 tournament, deserves some kind of postseason shot. Give them a chance. just depends on the rules they set. But this Oklahoma team, if they were in the SEC, <laughs> only one or two years early here, they would be dancing. They would be dancing. So Now you understand why they want to get out of here. No, they, they just they can't, they can't win any games in the Big 12. Uh, so that's Oklahoma. You know, I think they're good. I think they can do it. Let's but, talk Texas Tech. Yeah, and that's our number nine. You know, they probably have had a little bit of a disappointing season, but they've won some games recently. I put their ceiling as maybe they can get into the tournament, get an upset win in the first round. What do you think? They've won four games in a row, Andrew. Like, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know Texas Tech's won four games in a row. And then, look, they've been good. They've been good. Uh, right right now, I think they're right. I mean, if we're talking bubble teams, now they're, we're starting to talk a true they bubble are team. Bubble, they're bubble, true bubble, true bubble. And they've got here's their problem though. They got TCU, and then they got Kansas, and then they got maybe a winnable game against Oklahoma State uh, at home. So their two home games are TCU and Oklahoma State. Well, it's just a hope. Maybe we'll just cross fingers here that that KU beats them in Allen Fieldhouse. You know, there's a chance they go two and one in those final two games, and they're they're probably in. They're probably in. They're probably right there. I think they got to go two and two over their next four, is to feel better. That means somehow they win at least one of their games, and maybe they win the first game in the in the Big Twelve tournament, and they're starting to feel like a team. You know, that, that's on the right side of the bubble. You want a shocking statistic about Texas Tech? Yes, I'm talking shocking. Yes, Texas Tech has more quad one wins. Then number four seed projected Gonzaga, hmm. number three seed projected Virginia, number two seed projected UCLA. Don't do it. Number one oh. seed projected Houston. How about that? More quad one wins than all of those teams. Now they haven't had a few more opportunities, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I'm just counting stats here. Hey, just look just at the numbers. Ca- counting numbers. All right, let's move on. Number eight, West Virginia, also very good. They uh. I think that they're they're ceiling. This is the eighth seeded or eighth power ranked team on what is the official power rankings here on Jayhawk sure. Talk yeah, Radio, absolutely. the official one. Uh, I think that their ceiling is a Sweet Sixteen. Okay. Uh, they are currently, if you, if you look at Bracket Matrix, which is kind of an aggregator for all bracketologists out there, they're about an eleven seed. They're kind of sitting near that, you know, play in game status, maybe just above that. But here's another thing: they are Ken Palm ranked twentieth. Higher than Indiana. So crazy. Higher than Xavier. Higher than Miami. All of those teams will be hot NCAA tournament selections. Like these will these will be selections that people predict to go far. West Virginia's ahead of all those teams. Andrew, is West Virginia the new Virginia as it comes to data analytics? <laughs> oh, they somehow they, they just managed to get themselves up higher. I don't know what it is about their style of top play. Top 20. Top but 20. They, they're, they're, they're eighth do- on our list and they're top 20. How about that? Delivering. We have a kid. Hey, good news is because they're top 20, we have another quad one opportunity coming up here this week against West Virginia. How about that? Yeah, it's when you have so many opportunities. And we'll talk all quad one, quad two, quad wins later but it's safe to say that if you're playing a big 12 game you're going to have an opportunity good, good, chance. good chance good chance that you're going to have a quad one win and a good chance to put up a, a good number 
uh, to get into the tournament. All right, now we're kind of getting into the meat here. Oklahoma State, we're putting at number seven. Now, this Oklahoma State team kind of was at that bottom. You know, when we were having these conversations about a month ago, I think the conversation was there's a top six that's super strong, and there's a bottom four, but there's more of like a middle four. Yeah. I think Oklahoma's Oklahoma State's worked themselves up into that conversation to maybe there's maybe there's a top seven. I think so. The problem is they went on that winning streak. What they win like five games in a row out of nowhere. But the last I mean, they kinda hit a little bit of a stumbling block after that KU game. Maybe we broke them. They've lost three in a row. Three in a row by like not close games. The closest one was ours. We beat them by eleven. Then they get absolutely clobbered by TCU. They won by 25 points, put up 100 on them. This is supposed to be a good defense, put 100 up on Oklahoma State. And you thought, okay, all right, maybe they'll bounce back against like a West Virginia. They lost by 18 to West Virginia. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to wonder a little bit on this Oklahoma State team. Uh, you, 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 you say their Sweet 16 is upside. I think that's right. I mean, they're they're obviously capable. They they've had a lot of good wins on on the schedule, but. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully they get something righted. You know, and that's – would I pick them to go to the Sweet 16? I don't think so. Right. But in terms of – Ceiling. Would would you be shocked if they made the Sweet 16? I would not. Uh, I would be surprised, not shocked. There you go. Uh, let's move on to number six. And here's where you could probably say four, five, six, all tied. But we're not going to do that. We're going to make a decision. Number six, we're going to say Iowa State. They only because in the month of February they're two and four. One of those wins against Kansas Jayhawks, big win for them uh, up in uh, Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa. But they may be the sixth uh, power ranked team on this uh, power ranking of record here on the Jayhawk Talk Radio. But I'm putting their ceiling at Final Four. Wow, I I, I could see it. They'd have to obviously get hot. Uh, this is very similar to Oklahoma State for me, though. Like a team that a lot of people—I mean, they were in the top ten. People were you know, darling kind of picks, and they lost four or five. They lost seven to ten. They're starting to—who's uh, the real team? Is I guess who? Well, the real Iowa State. Please stand up. Is it the one that just somehow beats everybody by double digits in in Ames? Because that they're pretty good at that. They've showed us they could do that. But can they go on a neutral? Uh, and and can they go to the Big Twelve tournament and and have that same performance? That's that's the question. Obviously, they've shown they're capable of it, but they haven't really proved it anywhere else. Well, they've proved it enough to have earned a, a projected three seed from Bracket Matrix, so go. they're going to be put in a very favorable spot as long as they don't completely screw up down down the road. Uh, but let's go to number five and finish up here. Uh, we have five at TCU. I think also Final Four capable. They are, are projected seated right now at number six. What do you think about TCU? I just their biggest issue that they have is that they steal game balls. Like that's the biggest issue they have. <laughs> they, if they stop this one <laughs> disgusting habit, stop this one habit, then they're a Final Four bound. Dad, put the cigarettes down. It is time for you to finally focus. Stop stealing game balls, and maybe you'll figure out a way to, to, to turn into a ceiling basketball team. No, I, I, I think this is right, Andrew. They, I mean, Miles is, is obviously an absolute stud. You, if you have him and you hopefully, I mean, if you're them, you get Eddie a little bit more healthy and you get Miles a little more healthy. Uh, I think, you know, before the season started, we had, we had TCU, at least I did, you know, top two or three teams in the, in the conference. 
uh, they're very capable to get there if they kind of get right, get healthy, and stop you know stealing game balls. Stop stealing game stop balls. Stop stealing the ball. Uh, number four, K State. Mm, now this is a good one. This is the team that you know has been in the top five this year on the in the AP poll. Um, faltered a little bit in February, but still still winning some games. Drum tanks going up in the stands, partying with the fans. <laughs> uh, they are currently a bracket matrix three seed. There you go. They're thirty five hundred or plus thirty five hundred if you want to bet on them to win the national championship. Uh, I also think they've got a Final Four ceiling. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I I was not a believer early. I believe it now. Uh, I I was a little curious if they had kind of peaked too early. And maybe they had, and maybe to Jerome's you know credit, they figured out how to maybe right the ship a little bit, especially this last week with two really really good wins that they really really needed. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I could see it. I, I I think if they, obviously they have two two absolute stud players who, in the tournament, maybe two of the best players on the court every single time they step on, and, and that that helps you a lot in March. All right, number three, we're going to finish up here with Baylor. I think their their ceiling is a national title. This team could win. Those three guards could take them to a national title. Yeah, undisputed. I think right there. I mean, th- them and Texas, who's next, are right there for me. You could you can make a case. You could see an argument. I want to see the path. But, yeah, absolutely, them and Texas both feel like national championship contenders for sure. And then so we have Texas at two. Uh, Texas is plus eighteen hundred. They're you know two seed along with Baylor on that projected line. And then we're putting Kansas. Uh, oh, Texas has a national championship ceiling. I think we're all agree in agreement there, right? Sure. And then Kansas, obviously, I think our ceiling is national title. This team could do it. Kevin, we've got a lot of March Madness stuff to talk about. There's there's a lot of talk going on. We've got this uh, selection committee. Did you hear about the selection committee? I, thing? I did. We're, we're going to talk thoughts. about that. And uh, after the break here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, we're going to have a conversation. Should we be upset about the selection committee's early seatings? Mm. We have thoughts. Yes, we do. Up next. no better sound than that one right there, Andrew. Jayhawk Talk Radio back with you on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks, Dylan, for putting that one in there. That's what we needed. It gets me all excited, right? It gets the feels. Saturday, the selection committee released their first crack at the top four seeds. You saw this, didn't you, Andrew? I saw saw this. Well aware. Good news, bad news. I'm going to throw this out there. First of all, good news. KU was a one seed. That's good news. Bad news, KU was a one seed. Yeah, not the one not seed. Not the one seed. Not the one seed. So, I mean, here, let's let's go through this. The selection committee, for whatever reason, decided to put these out. This is just like content for guys like you and I to talk about. Sure. It gives the writers something to write about, and this is what they said. They said, number one, Alabama. Number two, Houston. Number three, Purdue. Number four, KU. That order is wrong. No, it's this is a silly thing they do <laughs> in February. It's silly. So I'm not outraged. But if you were the type of person who would get outraged at 
these things, you should be outraged. outraged. You should be furious what at the selection committee. The fourth overall? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The fourth overall. It's not it's not even like it's complete fake news. When I saw it, I didn't believe it. I didn't understand it. I thought, I thought it was something fake. I thought it was like some random guy yeah. who put the put the From his basement, teams up there. Wackatology, doing his own thing, just, just making it up as he goes. Look, KU has 14 quad one wins. They have a chance to have the most quad one wins ever. Probably are going to have the most quad one wins ever. And you're going you're gonna to disrespect, disrespect the Jayhawks? You're going to disrespect Bill Self? By putting them as the fourth one seed? Now, you guys, this is not something to be outraged about. If you were a rational human being, you realize that, that these are the things that don't matter. This is some middle of February putting out these fake rankings. But if you are the person who's irrational, you should be very irrational about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Okay. You should be losing it. Houston has three quad one wins. Do you know how many quad one wins the Jayhawks have in the past three games? <laughs> Tell me. The answer is three. Is that right? The answer is three. We've, we've done that in the past ten days, what they've done all season, Kevin. Uh, so it's a little frustrating. Let me tell you, Chris Reynolds, the Bradley Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics. Chris. The chairman. Mr. Reynolds. The chairman of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. Get it together. This is your, this is your dry run. This is your first crack at it. Like I understand the like the the version one point overs, and you got to get the kinks out. You got to figure it out. That was that was incorrect. Like this is a bad rough draft. Get it together. A lot of red marks on this rough draft, Chris. I have issues. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. All right, Angela. Let's let's actually take a deep breath here. Yeah. Don't. No need to be. Why upset would anyone about this? be upset about it's, this? Is it's something just silly, something especially stupid. this time no. of year. Like yeah. who's really no, gonna no. like? No, who's paying attention? No one's watching no. it. Like. Um. Come on. I don't know why anybody cares, uh, Andrew. Let's look at let's look at it though. Like right now, I'm sitting in here in a ten studio, got ESPN on. Joe Lenardi's on the screen. Joe Lenardi just said KU is a third mm, number one seed. Moving on up. It's moving on up. We're getting there. We're getting there. Dylan just gave a fist pump in the back. He's feeling it. I'm just saying, like you know, we got a chance here. Without question, we don't. We shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to win out. We shouldn't have to, you know, go two and one on our last three. We shouldn't have to get to the championship game. But it might take that to become the number one overall seed. And why do we care? Why should we care about this? I think ordinarily we shouldn't because I think it gets seeded kind of randomly. You know, it's not. It's not always where the one seed gets. You know, the number eight overall. That's going to be based on region. But I think this year it is important to get the number one overall. Last year we were not the number one overall, but I think we got the bracket we wanted. Yeah, obviously. 2008, <laughs> we weren't the number one overall, but I think we got the bracket we wanted. So, But this year I think geography is going to be very important, and that is because our potential path is Des Moines and Kansas City. Mm. Not very far away. We've had some, some, some great luck in those buildings, and I think our, our fans are going to travel. If we go Des Moines and then Kansas City, we are, we're doing it, having an Elite Eight game at the T-Mobile Center, I like our chances. I, do I, I don't care who it is. But if we're in Las Vegas and we have to go against UCLA as a two, I don't like that. I don't like that. We're in New York, and it doesn't matter. I would rather take this path 
And because of who our competitors are, we have Purdue, a Midwestern team. We have Houston, who's gunning for that Kansas City spot. Uh, and uh, we've got Alabama, who's also gunning for that Kansas City spot. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Like that's what everyone's gunning for. Everybody wants to go to T-Mobile, Kevin. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who? Oh, yeah. I mean, you come down to Kansas City. You can get the brisket the nachos there. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing with it. I get it. Like, I understand it. I just don't like it. I don't want them to. I want us to. This is our thing. Get out of here. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions here, and, and really it's geared towards what's it going to take to be the number one overall seed. And, and I have it framed in, in three tests. The first test, I think, is a have to. If you're going to be the number one overall, but you let, you let me know. The first test is the next two home games. Next two home games against West Virginia and against Texas Tech. West Virginia win would be a quad one win. Texas Tech would not. But that would give you one extra. I think we'd move up to either 14 or 15, depending on if Oklahoma stays stays above the line enough. But uh, is that an absolute that you have to win those games? I don't think it's an absolute if you go undefeated the rest of the way and you just lose one, but you, you, it would sure make it a lot easier. These are two you should you should definitely have to. I mean, you should win this if you're going to be the overall one seed. You should beat these two teams at home. Is it an absolute? I don't think so. Like I think they could still win out, like lose on on Saturday and win out all the way and maybe get there. But that's you, you're leaving yourself no room for error. I've tested this hypothesis here, and this is what I think it is. We've got three tests. I think we've got to pass two to be the number one overall. Okay. That was so, number one. So number one is the next two games at home. Okay. The third or the second test by itself at Texas. Mm. So that if you if you win at Texas, and so if we go three and zero the rest of the way, you got to pretty good. I don't think it matters in the Big Twelve tournament. So those, yeah, I think you got to win one in the Big Twelve tournament. Okay. I think we're close, though. I think we're feeling we're feeling, feeling pretty good. good. Feeling pretty good. So, what, what do you think about at Texas? I mean, that's obviously a quad one win. Obviously, it would be a top ten AP win, uh, a win against a projected number two seed, potentially a number one seed if they get hot. And so, like that's that is yeah, it's absolutely huge. I mean, you you could say that if they win that game. If they win three, if you're, I think if they go three and zero, oh, they feel pretty good. I think that's you're right. I, I've, come, I've think, come around to it. That's I've why I think if it. you win two, uh, you know, get past two of these tests, you, you, you get the number one overall. And of around. course, the test number three is the Big Twelve tournament, where you have potentially three quad one wins um, in on the slate, and so potentially a West Virginia, and then maybe a K State, and then maybe a, a Texas or Baylor. All would be. I mean, that's hypothetical route. Who knows? Uh, but th- those will all be quad one wins. And I, I don't think it's necessary 100% to win the Big 12 tournament to be the number one overall. But I think if you slip up on those other two, you may not get it. We got to get it, though. We we shouldn't have to do this, by the way. They got it wrong. Like, if they're still thinking that way, if, if, if Joe freaking Lenardi is up there still thinking in that way, like, they're just wrong. They're flat wrong. Look at the Look at the... Look at this resume. Now, I understand you might be talking some metrics. You might be talking some net. You might be talking some of that stuff. And KU, for whatever reason, not a big math guy, is like sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. Uh, But the problem is you look at the rest of the 16 and the way they seeded it. They didn't use math on those. They just randomly handpicked Kansas as the fourth with no real reason. I had this feeling in the back of my head. 
when that came like was about to come out because I did watch it, Andrew. I did like I was. We were all kind of watching it. I had this feeling that you know what I think Cade is going to be the number one overall. They probably should be. Like just looking at resume, they probably should be. It's about winning. And when they came out with the fourth, let's just say. It's Chris Reynolds. It's disappointing. Chris, come on, Chris. Get it together. We expect much better. Get your team together. Uh, you fa- failed, failed the math test. Absolutely Chris. failed. But, you know, just to give this you know, some context, 2020, we only had 11 quad one wins the whole season. Going into, I guess we didn't have a tournament, but that, that was a great team. Last year, 12 going into the tournament. This year, we already had 14 or 13, depending on where Oklahoma is. It's a lot. And there's more to come. Absolutely. A lot going on here. Kevin, all right, we are going to take a break, and we're going to ask a question on the other side. Will Grady Dick go down as being Kansas' best freshman of all time? Stay tuned right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jayhawk Talk Radio back with you on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Kevin and Andrew here. Dylan behind the glass. Dropping some drink for us. Feeling good about that. Uh, Dylan understands us. He does. D- we didn't even we tell didn't Dylan to play this. This. This, this, is a, this is a deep cut Yeah, for I us. saw Andrew's eyes just get bright. Oh, yeah. I feel good. We're going to close out this show strong now. Speaking of bright, let's talk about Grady Dick. Mm. We, we, this podcast should, or this, excuse me, this is a radio show now. Uh, this radio show should really just be about Grady Dick. Like, there's enough content to talk for two hours about Grady Dick. So we're going to have to just really, you know, make up for it now. I remember before the season, the, what, we, what we knew of Grady Dick was this. He was, a, he, was a, he was a lights out shooter, obviously two-time Gatorade Kansas Player of the Year, McDonald's All-American, but what we... Kind of started to figure out as he got a little closer to his time approaching when he was going to be on campus was he had a TikTok that was kind of funny. Yeah. A little goofy. A little weird. A little weird. A little like, goofy. okay. And then that McDonald's All-American photo, the mm-hmm. one where he's laying down, he's got his hands in his, in, his, uh, in his chin and kind of making a goofy grin. Like most people when they're at the McDonald's All-American game, they're like, Posing, right? They got the mm-hmm. ball. They're looking mean. They're looking look smiling. They're like doing right. something. He does the goofiest photo shoot of all time. Will never be be topped. Just because I think he's kind of a goofy guy. But I was thinking to myself at the time, I hope what I'm getting is this. I hope what I'm getting is a guy who is so good that he just does not care. And so good that he is able to develop a shtick that will absolutely drive everyone in college basketball absolutely crazy but Kansas fans adore beyond belief and we're starting to kind of get there a little bit he's starting to kind of be a hated basketball player like I but he's not there yet and we have all of March still for him to prove that that is my goal for him forget the pink shoes forget the tattoo arm sleeve i want him maybe it takes those things but i want him to figure out a way to go absolutely bananas in march and become the most hated player in college basketball i think he's close in the big 12 at least in terms of how 
opposing fan bases are targeting him. Sure. Uh, I have gone to a road game this year, and it was in, in Ames, Iowa. And let me tell you, the folks in Ames, Iowa were brutal. They're not chanting, you suck, Grady. No. <laughs> they're, they're chanting they're something chanting else. Chanting something and, else. And uh, I think I, I heard it again at Oklahoma State. I did not hear it at Texas Christian. <laughs> oh, come on. I know. I, I just, that was from just watching on TV. Did not hear it. So, uh, you know. Texas Christian, maybe they've got something else going on. They're not attacking Grady. But they did go after him. I mean, they, they went after him. And I think that Grady likes it. He does. I, 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 I think uh, I saw a quote from, from, I think it was Jordan Gusky on Twitter. He said, after, a, after you know, leaving a, a heated fan base, ask the question, you know, hey, what do you think of that? Do you like it? And they're chanting your name and messing with you. And he said he loves it. He loves the attention. He loves opposing fan bases doing it. And he says, quote, a direct quote, love being the hated one mm. from opposing fan bases. So he's starting to f- like figure it out. Like You have to embody that. I just need you to take it a step further. And there, it requires a few things. First of all, you got to get hot. You got to make some shots. And you got to continue to do things he's actually been doing, which is impacting the game all over the court. And that was been the, that's been the thing he's really unlocked to me over the course of the season. Early on, you could see he had this obviously dynamite jumper. And he had a pretty good offensive game, although he was obviously deferring early a lot to Jalen and things like that. But, Andrew, over the last three games, he shot like 17, 18, 18 shots, starting to become one of the shot leaders on this team, which we've been praying for since the beginning. And when he's doing that, plus starting to figure out defense, plus starting to uh, steal extra possessions, plus... Maybe bringing a little swagger to the court. That's what we're talking about. Just need need just a little bit more. We need a crazy dunk. We need talking crap to the other team. We need something, just a little bit more. That energy. It's three years of Christian Brown rolled into one. We yeah. You got to you got to synthesize. You got to get fast. Like we got to we got to we got to you know. He had time to develop that. that. We don't have time. We have time. <laughs> we don't have any time. Uh, <laughs> the window is closed. The window crazy. is. We're we're not going to have him for very long. If you're sitting at home as a Jayhawk fan thinking, hey, well, you know what? If Grady comes back and develops (laughs) his game, maybe he can move himself up in the draft. The latest mock draft from NBADraft.net, number five. Oh, my gosh. Every time I look, it's higher. Yeah. It was like, you know, 20s to start the season. And you're kind of like, okay, pick, Yeah, Yeah, and then it was like number 10. It's like, oh. Wait he has to go if he's number 10. And then it was a little higher. And then the latest one, you know, it's Victor Wenbanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, Anthony <laughs> cool. Black, and Grady Dick. Wild. And, and you think about it, like, you know, Ochai coming back, Jalen coming back. These things, you could make a case for why, even though they probably would have been drafted, uh, maybe Jalen would have been a second-round guy, but... Coming back and really improving your draft stock. But you can't improve much more on five, man. No. And if it's, you do not come, Just enjoy it. Yeah. Like, use this as an opportunity to really enjoy Grady Dick the rest of the way. You have to. You, you know, to. so we're talking about that. He's he's already kind of become that guy in the Big 12. March is going to be huge for Grady. This is his introduction to the world. God, I hope so. I mean, he's got highlights. People watch him on ESPN. But this is when all eyes on Grady. He, he he has a chance. This is crazy to me. He has a chance if he goes absolutely berserk in March. Obviously, these draft boards are starting to see it. But like, 
he starts being, you know, talked to, like actually talked about in the context of this guy is going to be a top five pick. You don't hear people saying that. The Sports Center, they tune in and they talk about Brandon Miller. They talk about these other guys. It's like, oh, these guys are obviously going to be pros next year, you know, one more, a few more months left. You don't hear anyone ever talk about that in the national media. Now, it's true. I think they know it, but they don't talk about it. Here's his chance to go be the guy they're talking about. And and that's cool. And Andrew, he's chasing records too. The guy has a chance to be the all-time leader in points as a freshman. He's got a chance for most threes as a freshman. I, I, what are the numbers here? It's pretty close, right? Yeah, so to catch Wiggins, Wiggins has the most points as a freshman, uh, and that's at 597. Grady is now at 416. So start adding in those games. Let's say he averages 15 a game. He plays three more and then three more and then six more. That's 12 games. It's possible. He, he definitely puts himself no, we gotta, in. We got to make a run. We got to do it. This is all conditioned. You have to, you have to help it. You have to, make, you have to make it happen. You also have a thought that I thought was interesting. You think Grady Dick needs a tattoo. I do. <laughs> I, I mean, just, I mean, just needs something. I, I don't know what it is other than it has to be one. It has to be a full arm sleeve. You can't just do a little tattoo, but... Here's why I want him to get a tattoo. It's not because he needs, I mean, part of it is, yeah, he needs a swag and he needs to, like, do whatever. Part of it is because I just really want to see what he would pick. <laughs> because he seems like kind of a goofy guy. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he showed up like, what Daffy would... Duck or something on his, like, some crazy tattoo. It makes no sense. I think he would pick himself in that photo from the McDonald's All-American Oh, game. I love that. I love that. I would, uh, you could pick himself having a tattoo of himself. Yeah. Of a tattoo of himself. Yeah, he's, he's weird like that. <laughs> but like I love that. it. Uh, you know, at the, earlier in the year, we were talking about, you know, Jalen Wilson being being Batman of this team like Ochai was, was Batman of the team last year and Christian Brown was, was Robin. And then we kind of like, okay, is Grady going to be the Robin? And I think we've kind of come to the conclusion, in February at least, that both of these guys are Batman. They might both be Batman. They're both Batman. They're like looking at each other. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. <laughs> no, I'm Batman. Like, <laughs> this is like one of them's the Christian Bale Batman. One of them's the Ben Affleck Batman. I know that. Like, I know this. We we at least need one of them to be a Batman every game. If they're both Batman, which we haven't seen that often, both of them go like have really good, especially high efficiency games where they're both making shots. Like, if you want to talk about what, what Bill Self said, where ceiling is not quite potentially unlocked, there's maybe one more little level we could go. It's getting both of those guys to play great at the same time. And, whoa, like, if you got that and you got the other pieces going, that changes that that changes everything about what this team could be. Well, I think Brady's freshman slump is over. I think he's figured it out. I think every freshman goes through that slump, and especially if you are the freshman that every opposing coach designs their defense around. Everyone in the Big 12 has designed their defense to keep Grady Dick off of the three-point line, and you saw how that kind of affected them, affected him at the beginning of Big 12 play. And, you know, we we went through that stretch. We lost three in a row. Jalen was scoring all the points. Grady wasn't doing much, but we've come out of that. And I think that if if we're gonna be a national title contender, we're gonna have to be a team where both of those guys are are performing up to their highest level. And he, to the point though, he is starting to not care that defenses are coming after him. He's not caring. He's figuring out. It's almost like someone just needed to shake him by the shoulders and say, "Oh, by the by, Grady Dick, 
You are a top five projected NBA pick. You are as good as players that will be making a lot of money right now. You are that good. You could go play against anyone. Go play like it now. You're going to have to figure it out. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, okay. And then, like, so he started shooting 18 shots a game and started to get higher efficiency and impacting the game all over the way. Like, that is, he just needed to unlock it. Wiggins had the same thing. Hey, Andrew, you are the best player in basketball. Yeah. It. There comes a time when you are the best player on the court or second best player on the court. When you're young, you just don't know it. Like yeah. you're you're coming out of high school where you're highly touted, but you're going to a place like Kansas where you know there's good players Especially all over with the place. Jaylen there. And then you start get to a point in the season, you're like, I'm actually better than these guys. <laughs> it's hard to get there. Yeah, I think he has gotten there. You see that when he's driving to the basket. Yeah, you see that when you know he's he's doing some drive and pull up stuff because they're respecting him too much on the three point line. Confidence. He's got the confidence. All right, Kevin, we are going to take this thing home. There's Two games coming up at home. We've got West Virginia uh, this weekend, and then we've got Senior Night versus Texas Tech. We're going to preview that. We're also going to get into some maybe advanced technology and how mm. this this applies to this Kansas basketball team. So that's coming up next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Brady Dick got it started early offensively. So many heroes tonight defensively. Adams, McCullough, Juan Harris on miles. All right, final segment of the Jayhawk Talk Radio. McCullough. 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 <laughs> Good old Fran. Fran likes to think he knows how to pronounce everyone's name McCullough. better than they do. I like it. He really, he really, he really stuck with the bit. I appreciate the stick with it. Uh, look, all right. Let's talk about Andrew. We have two games, two home games left in this season. Feels like this thing has gone fast. It goes so fast. We get, we get two prime months of this thing in the Big Twelve, and then it's gone. But there's a lot left to go. So let's let's talk about these two because they will be over by the time we are back on this program next week. And hopefully, we're talking about a two and a week. Uh, the as, first first test would be accomplished. Yes, that would be the first test. We got to win one more, and. We've got, you know, what's interesting is you look at the teams in the Big 12 who are theoretically competing with us for a Big 12 title. You would probably take our path over theirs. Yeah, you don't want to say that out loud. You don't want to say we've got the easier schedule. But if you go based on, you know, where you are, we've got two home games, two home games against teams in the bottom half, bottom bottom four teams, bottom three teams, really. Uh, you, you would want to take our path, but I don't think anything is easy. You know, having Allen Fieldhouse there is important for us, and, and I think it's important that this Jayhawk team under Bill Self, and Bill Self teams in the past, and even into the Roy Williams era, just doesn't lose the last two games at Allen Fieldhouse. And. I, you say that, and you go, yeah, that sounds right. You know, yeah, that sounds, sounds right. right. That sounds right. You know, they, they're pretty good at least closing off on senior night. You everyone, everyone knows night. that we haven't lost a senior night since nineteen, yeah, since uh, whatever. whatever, whatever. But the last two games is a different stat that I had not seen before, 
And Adam Sullivan, who's obviously, uh, or is a guy on Twitter who's, who, who does a lot of stat stuff, good follow, he puts this out there the other night. And he says, Kansas has two games remaining this season at Allen Fieldhouse. I went back and looked at Self's record in the final two games at, at, in each of the seasons he's been at KU at Allen Fieldhouse. Guess what the record is? I don't know. Undefeated. 38-0 in his last two games at Allen Fieldhouse. That's, that feels right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going, wow, that's a, that's a pretty good stat. And then he said, wait a minute, just kidding. I went back further. It turns out. That our streak, Andrew, goes back to the 1988-89 season. Wow. Kansas is 68-0. and zero Closing strong. In its strong. final two games at Allen Fieldhouse. Let me give you a couple of those. The, uh, the Wayne game in 05 against Okie State. The Kevin Durant game in 07. Oh, wow. The Wild game. We got Beasley in 08. We got a, the 19-point comeback against Mizzou in 12. We got the Westvaugh comeback in overtime. Man, there have been some great games, not, not not even remembering last year against Texas in overtime. There have been some awesome games that KU has somehow, let's knock on some wood here, there's some right here, has somehow figured out how to win the last two in Allen Fieldhouse. We hope that that's the case this week. So let's get into some of those games, uh, Andrew. West Virginia first on Saturday. What's your thoughts on that game? This West Virginia team is looking for a win. They're looking for a good win. You know, if they can win this game uh, in Lawrence on Saturday, they're going to be feeling pretty good going into the tournament. I think that they're going to have some question marks if they don't get this win. But this is kind of like a a win and in type of thing for them. I think if they can, that's this solidifies that. So they're going to be hungry. Yeah, we beat them by 14 points in Morgantown early on in Big 12 play. I think you throw that out the window. None of that. That uh, that's completely different game. Different team for them. Different team for us. We've got to be focused, and uh, this is you know when you're, you're thinking about you know, you're a team going for a Big Twelve title, going for a title outright, and you're finishing up down the stretch, and you're going up against a team that's like you know eighth or ninth or seventh in the conference. Usually, that team's kind of given up. This West Virginia team has everything to play for. Yeah. It's not going to be like a typical game in the past where maybe that team's going to roll over. There will be no rolling over. From the Mountaineers. Yeah, Bill Self today uh, was talking to the media, said, you know, West Virginia is obviously very capable. They still probably need a couple more wins to solidify some stuff. How he puts, of course, says yeah, Bill Self. Stuff. We know what stuff you're talking about. But he says it's a huge game for them, obviously. It's a huge game for us. He said, when you play West Virginia, you have to play aggressively offensively because they're going to play aggressively defensively and you cannot be timid. So, Andrew, not a trap game. If you're coming at it, assuming that you have to come out aggressively, like that's the one thing that, you know, he's going to be saying over and over and over and over again about this West Virginia game. You cannot be timid. You cannot let the ball stick. You cannot, you know, slow it. You have to be aggressive. Don't let them do the things they want to do. And, you know, we made a lot of shots in Morgantown. Uh, If you remember early, we got way up, right? It was like a, we, uh, we started the game just super hot. Uh, and that was not something we've done a lot this season. We've had a couple of those, but uh, you know, this is this is going to be a this could be a close game. This is could this could be a really good game. And and to your point, these last two games, especially West Virginia and Texas Tech, they both they are looking at Kansas as the game to circle because we need that one. Red meat. They we need, need it. That one. Another game I want to focus on Saturday. Baylor plays Texas. 
This is a game that's going to decide some things in terms of the final standings uh, in the uh, in the Big Twelve. It's you know Texas goes to Baylor. Uh, it's going to be tough for Texas and Baylor's Baylor's still hungry too. Yep. They have an outside chance to get back in this thing. If they win this game and KU slips up. So uh, focused on the KU game uh, versus West Virginia on Saturday, but also on that Texas Baylor game. And then we'll move on to talk a little bit about this Texas Tech game. This will be Senior Night. If we want to talk about Senior Night a little bit, Jalen Wilson does he participate in this? He technically is a senior by yeah, academics. This gets tricky. I think so. I think he Bill would. usually doesn't let. People who are going who are going to leave if they're early, but I think because of that, because academic wise, four years on on campus, right? right? right. I think he will because he had a redshirt year. He, he yep. hurt his he got hurt that first year when he was a freshman. So technically, he's a junior by sports, senior by academics. So I think he should be able to. I think so. And and there's to be some other folks as well. Kevin McCullers, senior. Well, there's probably some decisions that need to be made before then about. Whether folks are coming back or not, uh, I don't know. It'll be an interesting senior yeah. night, and we definitely need. Are you going to be there? I, I'm going to be there. Yeah, I, I think, think you're going to be there too. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. Right. I'm going to be sitting in some good seats. I like that. I like that. All right, Kevin. Uh, before we close out here, I was messing around on the computer a little bit. Yeah, I found this thing called Chat GPT. I've heard of this all the rage. I know nothing about it. It's AI. Right? Okay. It's like the Terminator. You ever watch the Terminator movies? I have. It's like the first. Terrifying. It's, it's, it's terrifying, <laughs> but it's also hilarious. Okay. Okay? So before this thing takes over the world, we're going to use it for comedy. And you can basically ask it to do anything. You can. I asked it to write a soap opera script about the Big 12 <laughs> where Bill Self and Scott Drew are mortal enemies. And it it wrote this, like, not beautiful, but this... Very dramatic and compelling script, and maybe we'll we'll put that out on on Twitter later on. Okay. We don't have time for that, but it's 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 fascinating. So pull this up. I'm Did, playing with it now. You're playing. Okay. I, I'm pulling it. Up uh, I had asked it to write a limerick about Big Twelve basketball. Okay, I'm going to ask one too. All okay, right, what so is yours? I'm going right? to read my limerick, and then you you finish yours, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, so go. in the Big Twelve, the hoops are supreme, where the players all strive for the dream. With their fast-paced attacks, with their thunderous dunks and smacks, they leave fans amazed and agleam. Okay. This is written by a computer. A computer did that. In a second. Oh. In one second. Huh. Yeah, this is like the Grady Dicks of, of AI. <laughs> okay. This is Chad GPT. You got one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Write a limerick about how Kansas is going to repeat as national champions. Whoa. That's, what do you think? That's pretty detailed. Yeah. Let's see if it we'll pulls see. it up. We'll see. Click. Okay, Generate. here it goes. All right, uh-huh. Okay, not bad. All right, here we go. In Kansas, the hoop dreams are bright. Oh. Their team's bound to take flight. They've got talent galore and a coach we adore. Oh! Another championship's in sight. How good is that? I like that. We're getting a round of applause from Dylan. Not, not for me. That's for the robot. That's for Terminator. Not for me. <laughs> We How should just that? have this uh, this this robot Terminator just write the script for the show, write the script for the show. We'll be, we'll be... Maybe we should. I, there's something about this, Andrew. I'm open to the idea of using Chat GPT as a recurring segment on the show. Okay, maybe we will make this Scott Drew Bill Self soap opera <laughs> a thing. We'll, we'll get some folks in to the studio. We'll have each pe- person play their part uh, because we've said for a long time that Big 12 basketball 
is the best show on TV. Absolutely. So let's, let's invent this soap lean opera. Lean into it. Let's, yeah, lean into it. This is like The Sopranos. This is like All My Children, but it's <laughs> Big 12 basketball. <laughs> Sopranos and All My Children. Like, yeah. very simple. Well, because yeah, like, like, we're similar. not going to go super serious, but we're going to go like so- soapy. Yeah. We're going to make this dramatic. I like because that. Because if Scott Drew's involved, it's going to be overly dramatic. It has to be dramatic. Good point. Good point. Well, look, Andrew, I know this. If we are able to somehow use ChatGPT to script out the rest of the season, can we can we ask it to script out what's going to happen for the Kansas Jayhawks in 2023? Because not that I want to know. I trust it. I think it actually would be pretty smart about it. But I personally... I'm excited about the potential, Andrew, for a repeat. That's why I put the limerick out there, and it is now not crazy to have that conversation. It is now not crazy to say that Kansas is in maybe the driver's seat for a championship or close to it. If you got to go through Des Moines and Kansas City, people are going to start putting a lot of Jayhawk symbols as their national champions, and that is crazy to think about right now as we sit here today just even the possibility of it i feel good about that man i i asked her i asked chad gpt what what you said oh oh good predict predict the rest of the season okay did it do anything overall i would predict that kansas will have a successful season <laughs> and make a deep run in the ncaa tournament but it is impossible to say for sure what will oh, happen. oh come on the beauty of sports hold on it's the beauty of sports is that in its unpredictability and the thrilling moments that it can provide Jeez, for all right, fans. All right. Oh Come my on. goodness! All right, whatever. Thanks, ChatGPT, for nothing. I, you know, all right, whatever. All Andrew, right. Jeff, fun. This has been a blast. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you to uh, our friends at Sports Radio 10 WHB. This is Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, signing off for this week. From the Jayhawk Talk radio program. It'll be a fun week. We can't wait to come back next week. Hopefully talking about an undefeated week, Andrew. Rock Chalk Jay. Rock Chalk, Andrew. Let's get out of here. They know just how we feel.